Hello and welcome to 237 episodes of We Were Gamers, a podcast where I talk to JJ. Hello. Michael. Hey, friends. This is Andy. A lot of times we talk about games, but usually we start off with the homeowning disasters. Uh Not always disasters. (laughs) (laughs) What went wrong? Michael? Is your house still standing? I'm just double checking. Hold on. (laughs) That's a lot of silence. (laughs) uh, Not great. It's not that big a deal uh, this time, but it's something I think that we're going to put into the not homeowners minute, but the ancient good term for this segment called leveling up. Uh, You should all, both of you, put on your calendar to check the garbage disposal connector to your dishwasher. So, I don't know if you've ever been under your sink and really taken a peek at how this works. But, like, your your dishwasher has a line. The line hits a vacuum break, which you can see above your sink usually. And then that line gets down into the top part of your garbage disposal so that after it's done draining, you could run your garbage disposal in case there's anything in there. Uh, And then it goes through your garbage disposal and out. But it turns out if people that install that stuff are slightly lazy slash maybe overly confident or maybe halfway incompetent, overconfident, incompetent, or lazy, right? Like, there's three options here. Uh, There's a chance that the little... I don't know what you call these. I call them ladder rings or binder rings or... You know those crank rings that if you turn the screw, it cinches the the ring down? Michael will know the name for this thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to be able to tell you the name offhand. They use them in valves for hoses. I definitely know what this is. Okay, look in your your motor. Uh, You can't say this in the next 10 years, so this podcast will be irrelevant. But look in your motor for your car, (laughs) and you'll see them all over the place holding uh, tubes onto stuff. Right, you're right. you're talking about like the the hose clamp screws. Hose clamp, yes, the screw hose clamp rings, right? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out last night at some point in time, ours vibrated off of the garbage disposal. Mm, that seems not good. It's probably. not good when all of it's running. No, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of water to clean up. Oh. Yeah. I'll make a suggestion for you. Put it on your calendar. Just make sure it's still connected and tight. That's all you got to do. Just once in a while. It seems like it might have come loose at some point in time. It, we benefited slightly because inside that hose connector on both sides, it was pretty grody and uh, looked like the inside of somebody that's been eating McDonald's for about 30 years. So I cleaned all that out anyway. And that's your leveling up minute. <laughs> okay. Luckily, we don't know what went down that drain. But speaking of food, Michael. Yeah. So I saw an interesting question posed a couple of days ago, and I figured I'd share it with you too and see which side of this you came down on. Uh, JJ, you, you might have seen this because I saw it shared by uh, the good people over at Defector. Mm. Uh, and the question went like this. If you could only have one or the other for the rest of your life, including everything containing and made of it, which one would you choose, corn or wheat? Are you allergic if you eat it too much, or could you develop an allergy? No. No. Assume assume you can eat either one just fine. So you either take everything made from corn or everything made from wheat out of your diet forever. Yes. So this is really problematic because of the things, the derivatives issue. Yeah, that's what if makes it wasn't. Hard otherwise, question. it would be a really easy question, I think. The, the, ma- the person who posed it originally said, uh, obviously, you have to exclude corn syrup, which I think trivializes the question. Oh, that does trivialize the question because right. my brain didn't go to corn syrup. My brain went to corn starch. Yep. Yeah. Corn starch is up there, too. It's That's the problem I'm having. Realize. 
Yeah. Mm. And so that, so if you, cause like corn syrup is also in a ludicrous amount of things. You can substitute it though. You can make simple yeah, syrups but, that replace it. Yeah, but it. you can't then go eat anywhere out ever. Well, hold on. Because all hold of on. those use corn syrup. Hold on. They but, use it all over. So it does the world stop using it or do no, I just, just not get you to can't eat it? Con- you can't consume anything. Because like. I could find Warm. places that don't use corn syrup. And in fact, these sure. days, it's a lot easier to not get corn syrup. Sure. But if you want, I don't know, you, any type of you, sticky sauce ever created, it's got corn right, syrup. Right, exactly. Yeah, you want that orange chicken? Nope, sorry. Do you, yeah. How do you feel about never having, like, trashy, good Chinese food again? Because you can't, right? Yeah. But then on the other side, you lose bread and food. I mean, flour just in general. Yep. Buy pizza. Yeah. I. It's super hard, right? I think this is a really tough question. I think we, we, we have to force ourselves to pick. Tacos or do you give up burritos? That's not fair because some of the best tacos I've made. I Okay. Uh, shameful admission moment here. Uh, I order tortillas from Kansas and have Ridiculous. them shipped to my home ridiculous and they're made from flour not corn uh, look i mean there there's a place for both f- flour tortillas and corn I, tortillas i would like they're you good to different things i would like you to keep an open mind as the man that turned you on to cali dumpling these might be the best tortillas i've ever eaten in my, my, my entire life look man that's great there's a place for both flour and corn tortillas <laughs> well i'm just saying the shipping them from kansas part at least forgive the eccentricity of finding certain foods that we all like. He's silent about the forgiveness part here. <laughs> I, look, bro, you could, I'm sure there's a taqueria near you that you can go to that has tortillas that are equally good. Uh, these are Sonoran and I can't find good Sonoran ones unless I start trying. You're not going to be able to every... convince me that it, Look, there's literally got to be one somewhere between here and Kansas. I so, JJ, do you trust <laughs> me as a human being? Like, if I told Not you we were apparently. Go- if, if I told you you were going hot air ballooning, you wouldn't double check the place I picked. I know you. No, yeah, okay. There's a chance, and you should accept that there is a chance that I may have tried almost every Orange County Dockeria during COVID to find out who had the best tortillas. Okay, but then so then your your immediate choice is then well I got to go to Kansas I can't go to like Mexico or San Diego both of which are way close. Okay, but I heard about these so they're Sonoran tacos. We're way off track here. They're Sonoran oh, tacos, yeah. right? And there's not a lot of Sonoran owned tortillas, right? And so okay. uh, I heard about this place through somewhere else. I tried it out, and that's the watermark. That's the that's where they got to get to, and no one's done it. I didn't try it thinking there's no other option. I tried it thinking it can't be as good as they say. And now I'm having a hard time uh, accomplishing the same goal for that specific type of tortilla. There's different types. I mean, a burrito tortilla and a corn tortilla and all these other ones are different, right? And there are different strategies for creating a different taco. But for this specific type of tortilla, I have not found one better. So if you live in Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego County... Riverside County, hell, Santa Barbara County, and I could drive there and try your Sonoran tortilla, email us at podcast at wewerogamers.com. I'll pay for it. You don't have to. There's this. I'm not asking for a handout. I'll eat your food. It's, it's Andy, fine. Andy will try your, your tortillas live on, on recording. Ooh. How's Dang. that? <laughs> okay. I got my recorder. We can do this. Okay, back to the question at hand. I think we have to choose. And you have to have one small reason why. God, it's so tough, man. There's just... It, okay, I think... It is probably... I think even though you suffer a really large amount of collateral damage by excluding corn i think you have to pick corn i think you're right absolutely keep or to toss to toss uh to toss and because corn uh there are too many instances of things that use flour incidentally 
that you could then never eat again. It's like, oh, did you want to have like a steak? Oops, sometimes they toss a little flour on there and now you can't have a steak anymore, right? Like there's just too many cases of weird, like good recipes that otherwise have nothing to do with flour where it's like, ah, they just sprinkled a little bit on there. Like, ah, there's just a little bit of flour on these chicken wings. Now you can't have these, right? I think there's also instances of doing the same thing. There's a lot of instances of corn and flour being used to do the same. Like, I guess you call it masa, right? Uh, you can make totally. a tortilla. You can, use, like, you can make a tortilla out of both, of right? Flour, right? Right, yeah. yeah. You can use flour to thicken soup. You can use... So you really only run into one or two instances of corn can only do this. And in one of those instances, I don't eat corn syrup. That's like one of my few rules that I have of just... Like, I just don't do it because I can find better food, right? Uh, now, if I go to a cheap Chinese place and they happen to have done it, I'm not going to say uh, I can't eat here or whatever. But, like, I generally, in foods that I buy, avoid ones that have corn syrup anyway. So, the derivative products is where you run into, I don't know what the the ancillary uh, fallout is, but I think the fallout is less if I pick corn. To, to lose. Yeah, I think Michael, that's my Michael's silent. Yeah, I'm in the I'm I'm in no, I'm in the same boat. Okay. Actually. Well, that's uh, easy. I, I, my, I mean, I can give you my a reason in one word. Yeah. Donuts. Ooh. Yeah, you can't sure, make a corn yeah. donut. Uh, I have had I have had a donut that has creatively used cornmeal instead now, hold of flour, on. and it's it's gimmicky and it was good, but it's it doesn't replace a donut. Is it only cornmeal or is it cornmeal mixed with flour? Because like uh, making question because might, you can't make cornbread with just cornmeal. Sure. And that's that's sure, why you pick corn, blend. right? There you go. That's the answer. You can't make cornbread with just cornmeal. You... Fixed it for you, defector. Sold. Next. Got him. Advice, debate, advice. We got some emails we need to clear up after this really loud car goes by. Okay. Uh, we have two emails from last week, and I want to hit them now in case people are listening directly after, according to the component class thing that we did with uh, Andy bought a processor to update his computer. One person was asking, based on what JJ, you said about the Ryzen thing, Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had said, oh, well, maybe you should have bought a Ryzen. I wanted to reiterate that my motherboard is an Intel motherboard. So I think we've talked about this when we did motherboards. Uh, one, they're processor specific because they are they are manufacturer specific. The chipsets only work with certain chips, right? And right. it's it's even more than that, right? Yes, Not only exactly. are they processor specific, but each class of processors or... I don't know. Whenever these various companies decide to update the socket, the generation plugs into, right? It's not even generation because AMD has kept the same socket for quite a while at this point. This AM4 socket, I think is the name of it. And Intel tends to change sockets every two years, basically. Right. Correct. And that is in the past how frequently Intel has sort of changed their stuff. But this particular time they have kind of been on one for four years because they kind of had had issues anyway it's who cares it's intel's problem not your problem well, intel, yeah, intel is, had production socket, problems that's right? important. intel had production problems so the the lg 1151 sat around with no replacement processor for two years so uh that's one of those issues so uh yeah that answers that question right i couldn't put a ryzen in here if i wanted to even though you know the, you would have to replace the motherboard. i'd have to well, replace the motherboard right? and that's not what's happening here i'm to, to remind you, I'm thinking that, hey, based on what we're seeing with these new cards that are coming out, I'm going to get bottlenecked if I don't push this processor up to something newer just to make sure because I want to keep this computer around a long time. And in general, that processor came out uh, beginning of last year. And so we're not going to have much more time left with it considering the Black Friday deals that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, question two was about the price. How did I know it was the right price and researching it, you could find it cheaper. So uh, to answer that question, one, it was the right price on the day that I bought it because there were three prices that were within $5 of each other. And you have to, this is the advice on this show is always make your money work for you, right? Mm-hmm. Buy yeah. games on sale if you're not going to play them right away. There's a few games you should play right away, right? If you're going to play it with your I mean, friends, multiplayer. Or 
Yeah, you, or you, you really want to, you know, you've been really looking forward to this thing for five years or something. You know? Sure. Yeah. And you're willing to accept that maybe it'll be broken when it comes out. Hey, go for it. You know? <laughs> or or the accept that, like, you know, you could save $20, but you don't need to, right? Like, you you choose to pay that money now, and that's fine. We're not saying you, you made the wrong choice, but yeah. make your money work for you. So, one, make my money work for me. Yeah, it was $5 cheaper on the day to get it from one source. But I ended up going with a different source where I got more reward money back, which overcame the $5 already to begin with. Uh, and then I think mm-hmm. I forgot to mention on the last uh, podcast, always check your reward money, you know? Like, make sure you're you're playing to your strengths on your credit cards. Uh, the, the rewards that came with it were better. So I think I got a copy of that new Avengers game that everybody hates. Instead of a copy of uh, Crisis Remastered. I think the the thing about that Avengers game is that the multiplayer is really bad and no one likes it, but people thought the single player was kind of all right. And I'm never going to play the multiplayer. I got a bunch of free skins. (laughs) All good. Play the single player and be like, all right, this is fun. And then you didn't didn't pay for it, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. So you got to kind of take the whole package into account. Do your math and then uh, see what the bonuses are. Every retailer had a different game that came with that processor and i got that avengers game and maybe to you know maybe to someone else the copy of crisis remastered is worth five more dollars or whatever you know absolutely maybe sure or you know maybe this one comes with a copy of cyberpunk and that's what you really have wanted and so you should buy that one right like these are the kinds of they literally put those there to make you make that decision right and if you care about that do it man yeah so there you go those the answer those questions that we got I needed that processor to play new games. Michael, tell me about new games. Well, I don't know about new games, but so I did. Yeah, what podcast do you think you're on? Hold on, touche, <laughs> uh, touche. This but happens. I can tell you about a. This happens. I can tell you about a three-year-old game. Uh, I love it. Okay, I, is everybody didn't hear this because it happened before the podcast started? But is this the one game or the point two games? This is the one. Okay. Although, yeah, I'll I'll get into it. It might be closer to point five. Um, I I saw credits. I will say on Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, congratulations! Uh, what a great yeah. game, man! Oh, it's a, it was a blast. Just uh, a, like a solid Mario platformer. So now that you saw credits, did you go back and do the hard stuff though? So that's where I am right now. Oh, so one point five games. Got it yeah so that was that uh, that was the one it might be more like a 0. 0.5 because I, think... I have 400 and something moons out of the 999 that there are i'm pretty sure that well, jj and i talked about that off pod and uh he said that you had that coming and i kind of yep. laughed a little bit uh <laughs> oh i mean that's that's a, a classic also Mario thing they've been uh, doing okay. that since 64 <laughs> I, I want to point out, though, that a lot of those 999 moons are literally you just going to the world and spending coins and buying moons. Right, so, yeah. From the fair or whatever it is. Yeah. From the shops, yeah. So, I, you know, I forget how many it is total, like actual ones out in the world that you can go get. Um, It's more than 400, though, obviously. Yeah, that's so. it's in the high 800s, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. 880-ish. Okay. A lot so, yeah, more, a lot more Odyssey there. I mean, are you a fan of Cappy, or would you like to see not Cappy ever again? No, I liked the mechanic with Cappy. Um, the I think I I said before my only complaint about the motions is I want uh, some kind of uh, attack move without having Cappy. Right, like in the in some of the older games, you could you could punch or spin around and hit enemies and in this game you you have cappy and you have jumping on them and that's all you've got and there were just a couple of spots where i i kind of wanted that in between but otherwise yeah i was a fan even when you had control of other stuff you were still worried about that or is it just like there's no when you have control of other stuff you know the the controls are are specialized to whatever it is you're controlling so is it a lot of time that you're spent alone where you have just too limited of a moveset or is it just no, sort of a minimum no, kind of thing? There's very little. I don't, I don't think it's a. I don't think he's saying that it's a limited move set. No, I, think, no. I think the complaint, and I I agree to some extent, is that you know in like Mario sixty four, right? Where there's a button you press, and he like swings his foot or his hand or whatever, right? Yeah. 
in this, when you do that, whatever that button is, he throws Cappy forward. Or if you do a motion, you could have him spin Cappy in a circle. But neither of those are like directly in front of you or like directly to the side of you, right? Because you're throwing it in like an arc out in front and then back. Or so if something got too close you. to you, you've got to run away. Or jump on it if you can. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's kind I, of I get it. I get it. Uh, but it's, but it's, kind, it's basically kind of an edge case, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it is, you know, a huge problem. Because it, as Andrew points out, in a lot of cases, you are controlling a thing for the entire level. And yes. so you don't have any choice but to be in this frog or tank or bullet bill or whatever. Right. Or Cappy is intentionally taken from you and you have to navigate just with jumping. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are a couple of um, puzzle mazes where to activate them, you have to throw Cappy onto a statue. Yeah. And you don't get him back until you get through. Are, are those tedious or fun? More of them are fun than tedious. Okay. I won't say that none of them are tedious because okay. there were a few. <laughs> I think some of the... Some of the hard ones start to border on tedious. But I, I, I think that there's no way to avoid that thing kind of thing happening. So you have to kind of take it as a whole. Yeah. And yeah, some I, of it, some of it also is what you're, you know, if you play a lot of platformers uh, or maybe if you, you only play platformers occasionally, it's what your strengths are because some of them are definitely, I found easier, but I could recognize that, one of the ones that I found easy might have been something that someone else had difficulty with. Okay. I mean, puzzle-wise, that's generally how it goes, too. I'm, you guys had probably different Baba levels that you were fighting on, right? Yep. This is true. Yeah. <sighs> Great game. Everyone should play that game if you have a Switch. It's so good. Absolutely. I think Just it, good I, times for everyone. Did it come with Switches this Black Friday? I think it did. A lot of Switches, actually. I uh, believe it. I think the bundle deal was still uh, Mario Kart. Kart 8. Oh, okay. Okay. It was still Mario Kart. That was Kart. the one that I saw everywhere anyway. Well, if they launch a new Switch with, you know, that's just been rumored for years or whatever, uh, I would bet that comes with it, you know? It's cool. Yeah. I probably yeah, don't need to play a... Odyssey. Good game. I probably didn't need a fancy processor to play Mahjong either, huh? No. Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends how you want to play it, right? If you want to, like, get the highest level graphics in Yakuza like a dragon, your processor <laughs> is going to help you out. But if you then use those graphics to play what is completely unnecessary just to play Mahjong. <laughs> so let, let me be clear here. We're going to talk about Yakuza like a dragon, but we're not going to talk about Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ma playing Mahjong. And I'm not talking about the tile game where there's like a bunch of tiles in front of you and one player and you got to pull them okay, off. That's called Mahjong Solitaire. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, which I guess is ter the the term is like Japanese mahjong or Richi mahjong. Richi mahjong, yeah. And it's it's a four player game. You have a hand of tiles, and it works kind of like gin or or rummy, um, but there's a lot of more complicated rules. Yeah, and the tiles are all weird looking. Okay, We don't mean to offend people here. <laughs> I, because I have all, the tiles, all the tiles are, they're not. Look, all yeah, the tiles like, have Japanese characters on them that if you knew Chinese how to read. Chinese characters, oh, actually. Oh, okay. It's, Got it. There's almost no Japanese characters. But it's a, and so the, you eventually, you, the person playing this, right? Uh, Yakuza is nice in that they will put, uh, for the ones that have like Chinese characters on them for the number, they put the little English number uh, in the left. Ah. Uh, which is really nice because I have no idea what the like, you know, brush stroke with the line over it and a hat looks like what number is that? I have no idea. Oh, maybe um, you should take the time to learn another language, heathen. Uh, I could, but it also just tells me that it's a seven. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> or whatever. I actually There's only like nine numbers you need to learn. It is only one to nine. It is yeah. not that hard. Uh, I think the, the set that I, that I played with when I was in college had, um, it had the character for the, the numeral, but it also had little sticks on it. So there's in, in patterns and the sticks okay, were the there are four suits. There are four suits. Like at least cards, you could right? tell me that you can do one through three. Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's easy enough. One through three. Yeah. yeah. There's little lines. Um but the 
there are four suits, like in cards, right? One of the suits is sticks, like Michael is talking about. Yep. One of one of the suits is like Chinese characters. Yep. Uh, one of the suits is little circles or like flowers. Yep. And the fourth suit, now that I'm forgetting it, is you get there. Forgot flowers, sticks, Chinese characters. They all have names too, which I'm totally forgetting. Also, well, one day I'll remember. It's plants. I'm just gonna get plants. I'm gonna yell something random. They're later. plants. Uh, are they? Uh, Is it not plants? I'm pretty sure it's plants. So there are uh, what are called honor tiles, which are there are dragons. There are four dragons. No, and then there it. are winds, which are also Chinese characters. Yeah, that there's are, four winds. North, south, east, and west. Yeah. Right, and there's the green dragon, red dragon, white dragon. I think that's it. Three dragons. Uh, anyway, the rules for this game are, I feel, or it felt at the beginning, <laughs> very complicated. But really what you're trying to do is you're trying to assemble a hand of runs of tiles in a set that are three so it's like three like five six seven four five six okay, so rummy like this right right so the rummy part or sets of a kind uh of three or four sometimes so like five 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 four three 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 something like that right so rummy. Uh, of the same suit gin rummy now yeah and you need to build a hand such that i think is it 13 tiles 14 tiles that you have in your hand and basically your hand consists of these of these sets of three or four and then one pair at the end. Do your opponents get to see your hand in this game? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Uh, unless there are rules where you can steal tiles that your opponents have discarded and then that opens your hand up. Not that they can see all of it, but they see the parts of it that you needed to complete the set. Okay. That is helpful because obviously you get to take a tile from someone else. But when you do that, it also it also changes the way your hand is scored such that if you steal a tile, you may be making it. So it's impossible for you to get a quote unquote scoring hand that is worth enough points to qualify to win. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, game okay. just Hold on. So, yes. so unlike rummy, you're not playing all the time. You're making a hand only. Well, so you, it's your turn, right? You get to, you draw a tile from the, the pile. Yeah. And then you have to discard a tile. Sure. And then it's the next person's turn. But but and, but in the middle of that, you're not playing sets. No. You're just making your hand, a hand and then saying at the end, I win because my hand is the correct hand. Yes. Okay. So that's the difference between that and like an American style rummy game. Yes. And so the, the reachy part comes in uh, where you can take a bet on yourself, essentially. When you get to one tile... I need. Richie is essentially declaring, I have one tile left to finish my hand. I can pay, I think it's a thousand points or whatever. And you put the, like the a chip for the points or whatever, like a little tile for the points in front of you. And if you win, right, you can now do nothing else. You can't, st- uh, except get that tile that wins for you. Right. So you can't change any of your other tiles anymore. You're just saying, I'm looking for that tile that wins me the, the hand. And it's, if you do that, right, if you, you play this, like you call Ricci on your turn, essentially, then if someone plays the tile or if you draw it, it gives you bonus points, right? So you bet on yourself and then you receive extra points afterwards if you successfully win the hand, which is called getting a Ron. Or if you draw the tile out of the pile, it's called Sumo. All of this is to say that this game is like, is really fun to play, you know, even just with three AIs, except the AI is like really good. <laughs> <laughs> when you start getting to the like higher levels, I can like hang at the, like e- I can win at the easy tables. No problem. I can hang at the, like the normal tables and like, I do okay at the hards. Uh, when you get to the like master level tables or the tournaments or whatever, I just get destroyed. And I don't know why. Right, because I'm just like discarding stuff, trying to look for things, right? Like, oh, maybe they're discarding a lot of these bamboo pieces. They probably don't need that, right? And then I play like my four of bamboo and they're like, ah, oh, sumo, I just killed, like Ron, I just killed you. You lose 10,000 points. And you're like, God dang it, what happened here? <laughs> and so that's the other thing, right? You start off with a certain number of points. And if you are the one who plays the tile that completes someone else's hand, 
they take all their winning points from you. Ooh. Oh. Which can sometimes, like, sometimes you get a winning hand and it's not worth a ton of points because you just kind of, like, cobbled some stuff together and it's like, oh, okay, like, this is a three of a kind and here's a set of three and uh, whatever. It works. It technically counts as winning, right? I only get, like, 3,000 points for this. Or sometimes you have the magical set that includes... It, it, there's literally guides out there for, like, uh, I think Yaku is the name of it, but, like, the how many points each of these hands are worth. Like, I literally play with the cheat sheet up sometimes because there's too many to even possibly remember. And wow. it's like, oh, you happen to have the double Hanuman Yaku that has, like, three of a dragon and the wind of your chair that you're sitting in and the round that it is and also these sets. And it's like, ah, this one's worth 35,000 points. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh... That's all my points, and then some. I am now negative. Yeah, that can just happen, and because you have no like insight as to what their hand is, really, in a lot of cases, it just feels like it happens out of nowhere, and you just lose the game, right? Yeah. But then sometimes you do it to them, and it feels amazing. <laughs> yeah, there there are some of those hands that are like uh, it's like shooting the moon when you're mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm. Uh, playing hearts. Like if you can create a hand that has all pairs but each pair is a different pair i think that hand is worth like twenty thousand points or something but obviously you know you need a bunch of different unique sets there right and that's really tough to, to cobble together or you know one that's like the same set one two three one two three one two three of all the different suits that's worth a ton of points also but again how would you you know it's really you have to be really lucky to get this kind of stuff um Man, it's fun. (laughs) I'm like enjoying playing that as much as I am the rest of Yakuza, which is. I think you're playing it and enjoying it more. I'm just going to say out loud. uh, You told us about Yakuza. You said we should play it. You were marveling at the RPG aspect of it. It's so cool, dude. But your focus is is now that you're playing Mahjong, and that's what's going to stick with you, right? Like, even if you get out of this and you're like, I'm done with. Oh, man. I'm, I'm still doing the like side stuff, and like the story is getting you know, is starting to show that action movie stuff that is cool from these games in general. Right. Where like, I think I fought a, con- uh, a piece of like a wrecking ball, like the whole, you know, the giant machine that's, yes, you told ball. us about the wrecking ball. Yeah. I beat the crap out of that thing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's right a good game. People should play that game. Okay. <laughs> I need some advice on games. This is this is directly related to the podcast. It's related to old games. People come for to We Were Gamers thinking, oh, they're going to talk about old games, and then you talk about brand new games sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. I have a problem, and I need your help solving it. And I know both of you will have good answers to this question. I want to play a game that was never released in the United States for the Nintendo DS. And I don't want to play, I don't want to pay $300 to do it. So do you have a specific one in mind or are you asking for recommendations? The game or, or the way to do it? The game. The game, yes. It's the sequel to Hotel Dusk. Okay, I don't okay, know what that so, is. Yeah. So we're, but, we're getting into emulator t- territory, clearly. And I don't right. know what emulates a DS. So I'm sure there is one. I, I also have one. I also don't know. Uh, I Here is the thing about emulators. Uh, it, I'm None of us are lawyers here, so you know, don't take our word for it. Uh, consult the lawyer if you're really worried about getting sued. Um. They may or may not be legal. Yes. And my understanding, the software that does the emulation can be legal if it is done completely without consulting the actual, like they they just wrote some software that does the same thing as what this other thing does, right? They're not allowed to like look at Nintendo's like programming guides or consult you know, they, they can play on their Nintendo and then make their thing do the same thing as that, right? But they can't, like, dig into the internals of Nintendo's software and look at that and then emulate, right? That that causes yeah. it to be 
potentially illegal. So I guess maybe one of my questions is, is it easier or maybe more on the up and up for me to buy and sell the cartridge? Or is it fine for me to say, ah, you know, importing this from Japan and then trying to sell it again is not the best idea. And these ROMs out there are, are mostly okay. Yeah, so the the ROM is the part where it starts to get dicey, right? Dicey. Right. I think you need to come to a understanding of what level of legality you're willing to tolerate. Uh, owning a ROM of a thing you own is perfectly legal. You have backed up a thing that you already own, right? If yes. you own the cart and you then own a ROM of that thing, completely legal. That, uh, is, it, that is the well within the constraints of the law answer. Right. Owning a ROM of a thing, of a cart you don't own, is at best gray area, I think. <laughs> at, at, at yeah. Usually illegal. Yeah, I would say it is mostly piracy, right? You are generally considered to be pirating the game. I see. However, when the game never came out in your territory, such that you never would have had a chance to buy it anyway, legally, right? Because in a lot of cases, you are not allowed to buy games off of other I can't obtain this storefronts. unless I get it from Japan. Right, physically, right? Because you also can't do it digitally anymore because right, it's not yeah, possible it to exist, use that. Yeah. So now you're approaching the area where like, well, this game isn't actually on sale anymore. Am I like stealing from the company that made it by not buying it when they aren't selling new copies anymore? No, I'm just giving $300 to a reseller. Yes. And so, like I said, you're approaching a gray area now. And I don't know what the answer there is. Uh, but, you know, people can determine that for themselves. And again, I'm not uh, a lawyer. I don't know all the ins and outs of this stuff. If you are uh, a lawyer. Sure. I yeah. don't know that podcast that we were gamers is the right place because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, you know, it's so I, uh, there are plenty of uh, communities of people out there on the Internet, uh, you know, for a long time, uh, growing up, at least uh, anime was like that. Right. So much oh, anime was man. produced. So much. You had to get yeah. through LimeWire and downloading episodes because they weren't available and coming out in the U.S. and they weren't translated at all. So you had to get people that would go out there and subtitle them for you and then download that. You had to download that. You had to put them both into VLC, get them to sync do up. a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. 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 And so, you know, and the line they were walking there was saying, well, this was never available for sale. So it's legal for us to do this. Kind of. <laughs> Those were the days. And so, you know, I don't know now that so much anime then gets translated immediately on release and goes to Crunchyroll and or, you know, Funimation. And well, nowadays now. they know there's money to be made by simply putting, even if they don't dub it, they could just put words on it and sell in any territory. It, totally. You know, they, could, they can sell a stream uh, with, you know, translated text and there you go, right? Yeah. Some people prefer that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the uh, that particular line of stuff is quite a bit less popular than it was. But, you know, for older games, especially like really old games, stuff like arcade games that uh, you couldn't buy anyway, like they don't make these arcade boards anymore. Who are you actually hurting if you go run a copy of MAME and you want to play like Asteroids or whatever, right? You can't buy a new copy of Asteroids, the arcade game. It's not a thing. Yeah, they'd have a hard time saying there's financial harm there, right? Uh, the people who own it would have to find you and come after you, right? <laughs> now, when you're talking about Nintendo, I'm not going to put anything past Nintendo. <laughs> uh, they're suing people to stop playing their games currently, so... Who yeah. knows what they're doing? What is this about yeah. with the uh, melee? They don't want people touching melee anymore. I don't really know what it's about, but okay. it, there was a melee tournament uh, play, being played via a online emulation patch thing. Michael, help me at all? No, I don't know that I heard much about this. Uh, and. They cracked, as far as I recall, midway through and yeah. stopped the tournament. So to run this tournament, you didn't purchase a copy of Melee and put a bunch of things in a room, right? Because you right. can't do that because of coronavirus currently. 
And so to play in this tournament, you had to obtain and use a cracked version of Melee that you could use over the internet. Nintendo was like, no, 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 no. You cannot run a non-Nintendo copy of that and run it at your sponsored tournament and make money. And they shut it down. Hmm. Despite the fact that this uh, online melee thing has been around for years and uh, like they've run other tournaments before. Yeah. So, but it became bigger, I guess, because of the current situation. Certainly. So, you know, I, I, again, I won't put anything past Nintendo, um, but I think for, you're talking about a game that never came out in the U S uh, you're probably not going to get sued out of existence. Uh, but you know, you have to consider the game never came out in the U S. So like, is it in English? Can you like, would you be able to read it if you played it? And maybe you do read multiple languages and you can, and that's fine. Right. But yeah, that, that would be a concern for me. Right. Or is there like a fan translation out there or something? And then you have to figure out how to do that. How do I apply this translation to this ROM that I found? And you know, that's a, it's a whole other bag of worms. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah, okay. I can't I can't get through the start menu because I don't know which one is load. <laughs> <laughs> but there are DS versions of this out there that we can make work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had a, a DS emulator that I used for years. That I was be... a little a little temperamental at times, but once I got it like once I got all the settings tuned to I mean it's to, an odd to system, where they should be, it right? ran fine. The idea of yeah. being able to on a computer use two screens and on the bottom screen your mouse becomes a stylus you know yeah yeah they made it work the only the only thing that i that really ever gave me consistent trouble was there were a couple of games where they wanted you to blow into the i was uh, just gonna say the microphone yeah and that there was no good way um at least when i stopped using it there still wasn't a good way to translate that into a keyboard setup. Hmm. Okay. Copy. I mean, Andrew, you got to consider, right? Like there are PS3 emulators, Xbox 360 emulators. There's going to be a DS emulator. Oh, absolutely. And DS sold more copies of the system alone than all of those systems you just mentioned combined, right? Totally. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure there are, there are, I'm sure there's a 3DS emulator e- either in the works or you know already working at this point. It's just an odd system to emulate. A PS3 game emulates and plays the same way. You plug in a controller to your computer, the game runs, yeah. you play it the same way you would. So the the concept to me of running a DS simulator emulator and then trying to figure out how to stat, you know, it just it's an odd idea. I'm sure that functions completely fine. All right, we've come to it now. The beginning of the end of this podcast. I was going to say, do you want to hear about the point two? The what? Wait, I thought that was the extra part of the game of Odyssey. No, no the Odyssey was the one. There was also a point two. No, no, no. You said game. you had started. He juked me. <laughs> no, I think you misunderstood what I no, said. No, you said, and I quote, yeah. You saw credits on 1.2 You saw games. get credits on 1.2, but maybe 1.5 games. And... Mm-hmm. And then we said Odyssey, and then you said there was more game, and I thought, oh, okay, that's the point five extra game after the credits. No, no, no. Okay, no. JJ, was... hold on. I'm. I just want to hear gonging... what the game is, no. man. You're derailing us. I'm I want to hear gong... talk about the I'm game. I'm gonging the food court back into session. Tell me what the game is. I want to know what the game is. Right, so you guys, you guys might have more history with the the backstory of this than I did. Um, because of where this came from but it was an early access build of a game called Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth and it is set in the record of Lodos War World all the what you said to me just now is gibberish okay so record of Lodos War from what I've looked into is apparently a D&D setting hmm. I didn't know that what version of D&D though oh I, I didn't look yeah, I didn't look that much into it. It's got to be. Um, but I know yeah, some so stuff from D and D one, and then and then like mid D and D three and on. So, hmm. So it's a D and D game. No, it's uh, Metroidvania, sixteen bit pixel art, um, really well drawn. Uh, but it's an it's an early build, 
and there are only the first two stages of it released so far, uh, hence the point two. Huh. And they the early access build was on sale during Cyber Monday. Um, the next two stages are supposed to come out in the next couple of weeks. So I figured eh, that's a good price to play something that looks fairly polished for an early access game. Uh, and it wound up being kind of perfect demo length. I think it was, I my playtime was right at 100 minutes. Okay, so, so good chunk of early access there. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, the, the classic Metroidvania, it's got a map. Um, you you wake up inside a labyrinth with no memory of why you're there and you're trying to figure out where you are and how to get out. Um, it's got an interesting um, dual element mechanic. Your Your magic is either focused on wind or fire. And depending on which one you have active, it gives you uh, certain abilities. So with the wind with the wind magic active, you can float. And with the fire magic active, you can walk through lava. And the attacks from a lot of the enemies are typed for one or the other. And if you have the corresponding element active, you don't take damage. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, so yeah, there's a there's some switching back and forth, um, and it also incorporates having a bow to solve puzzles. So you can bounce arrows off of metal like, surfaces. Uh, like what's that game? Trine. Trine. Uh, Trine's, yeah, Trine's more sideways though. Well, the yeah the 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 using the bow to solve puzzles like Trine is similar. I guess. Um, yeah. Except the the arrows fly; they don't bend like they do in Trine. They they always fly straight. Huh. Cool. I wonder here, do you feel like you're going to go back to that game, one? And two, do you feel like they're going to give you a drip, drip, drip of additional access, or is that it? No, no. So it's set up such that once you buy it, even in early access, it's yours, and they just unlock content as development continues. So are you going to keep checking back in? I wonder about this because this is kind of the new way that early access is going is like they build the ship or the, the road as you drive on it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer like, okay, well, the game is mostly done here. You could kind of play a early version of it that's a little bit broken still, and then we'll finish it up and then put it out. Now it's sort of like, yeah, it's in development and you get to test it. And so I yeah. wonder a lot of uh, along the way how many people are buying these now to play a demo version of the game and then do they ignore it and not play it again ever or only when it comes out or what happens to these versions of early access which has changed in the last uh, only 2 years. Yeah. I I think at least for me the new layout of the Steam library with news at the top helps keep things like this um at least you know in my consciousness because they're they're whenever they update something on their game page it feeds through to the news feed that shows up at the top of my steam library so i think for an example um that game that a lot of people are talking about these days hades had a very long early access period where they released it and they're like hey it's kind of only one zone. You can only can like mess around with these things. And then they added tons of stuff as they went along. And it eventually became the sort of fully featured game that it is now. And, you know, a lot of people didn't want to buy it during early access. And, you know, they stayed away from it. And then once it was released, came back to it, right? So I think you're going to get some people on both sides. Some people want to play it and they play it once and maybe forget about it because they decide they don't like it or whatever. But hey, you paid generally in a lot of cases they sell it for a discount during early access um so you know maybe you paid a little less and you got your game for cheap and then you decided you didn't like it so you don't need to go back when it comes out to full release right or there will be some people who are like i'm not touching it till it's done right and then i come out when it's all the way out 1.0 and then i can play it then yeah i think there'll be some people in between i think it's a good way to to take community feedback when it's still early enough in the process that you can incorporate it and to slowly build buzz around, uh, 
your game if it's if it's something that's good. And so I know that this is the what you just said, Michael, is the process uh, Larian used to make Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, and now are using on Baldur's Gate 3. And those games turned out amazing after they were in early access for quite a while, and they right. completely exactly. changed a whole bunch of right. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I avoided playing those games in early access because I wanted to play it, you know, kind of one time, you know, once. Um. And so, you know, I think it's fair, right? Uh, that This is a way, and it, a way uh, to do things. A way, huh? You, you're segueing us on your own. I'll check that out. <laughs> hey. <laughs> What's the way? Uh, I mean, hey, we would talk about the Mandalorian here for a few minutes real quick at the end of the podcast. Boilers? Uh, I mean, yeah, if you guys want to. We should throw it out there. Spoilers. Just in case we inadvertently say something. Up to an episode called The Tragedy, which was uh, the current episode, not The Jedi. The Tragedy. Five, four, three, two, one. I hope you've left. What happened to his jackpack? I mean, plot (laughs) contrivance. Yeah, I know, right? Don't get it. So I've reviewed this question after doing the carbon scoring, which you can go listen to on YouTube or on our podcast app. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Because we kept saying uh, it seemed like a plot point. It seemed like a plot point that he just left it behind. I went and reviewed it. Uh, He's not wearing it when he gets on Slave 1, and he's not wearing it when he goes to Navarro. So one, how do you leave a jetpack on a planet? And two, why would they possibly have made sure that he's not wearing it and it's not an accident? I mean, they wanted to have a big shootout. That's why, right? Yeah, I know. But I really hope that jetpack doesn't show up again. I If if they are being good with their continuity, it won't, right? Yep. But yeah. What did you guys uh, think of the episode? I don't have faith in that. It was fun. I uh, had yeah. a good time. Did, I like this one. Did your uh, home... Michael explode in happiness as I thought it might on which part due to the obsession in your house of Boba Fett's uh not explode but there was there was much happiness okay yeah I'm uh happy they bothered to explain the thing they showed in the first episode sure yeah yeah, he uh, he seems like he has some some pent up rage that he needs to get out. Yeah, he seems like he's a little mad about something. Who could say? <laughs> I just said he he got real good with a gaffy stick, you know. Perhaps yeah. being in the belly of a sarlacc for a thousand years has made him feel different. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> that what Jabba said when he throws him in? Right? Yeah, yeah you'll be digested. throwing Luke in. No, nah, over a thousand years you'll be digested. Although it doesn't explain how you'll be alive for a thousand years. I don't think you are alive. I think you're just in there for a thousand years. Could be. Uh, if you have a different answer for that, Ken, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it was a good episode overall. I think, you know, uh, good little action scenes and, you know, they moved some stuff around with the plot. We yeah. got to see some people we'd seen before. Um, good. Yeah. I think that that was a very plot heavy episode for as well as bringing back in the character you knew was kind of coming based on all oh, these I- early hints. I remember the thing I wanted to say. It's cool that dark troopers are a thing now. Yeah, that welcome, a thing before. Welcome back to the nineties. Uh, I was going to say the Katarn. video game. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing. I was like, I was like, oh man, isn't that a thing from that Star Wars Dark Forces video game? It sure Crazy. is. Yep. Those are canon now. Wow. So okay. I, you probably haven't listened to Carm scoring since it just came out this morning. But like one of my predictions is, Filoni is just pulling. Filoni being the producer is just pulling as many video game references as he can. And so that leaves uh, Fallen Order still out there for pulling video game references from. <laughs> of which there are many. Yeah. Was this a thing in Star Wars before this, other than the video games? Dark no, For- right? the, uh, the It was from Dark Force. The Troopers? Yeah. I think in Rebels, Thrawn is shown with one. Oh, okay. So it's not like complete... 100% left field. No, I don't think so. I think it had been dragged into uh, Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn used one as like a sparring partner for hand-to-hand combat in Rebels for one episode. Okay. I didn't know if this was like a thing Moff Gideon had now invented. No, um, no I don't think so. Okay. 
I, I definitely yeah, cool. don't think they were used beyond that. It wasn't like in in Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever they showed up as well. It was just one of those like offhand quiet references in, in Rebels that they never even talked about. I think I didn't realize that they were robots in the video game and I thought that they were people. Oh. So I think I'm happier that it's robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm I'm glad to see a lot of the like deadly droids of the universe show back up again. Like we had IG droids in the first season, HK droids last episode in the Jedi, and now you've got dark uh, troopers in this. You know, it's good. By the end of this, we'll have dark C three PO. Didn't we already kind of get that? Did we? Just in the movie. Oh, wait, yeah, that movie, right? Did C three PO the with evil with core? His, yeah. With no, his no, 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 no. Uh, so there's a timeline in Dark Horse Columbus comics called droids and in one of those uh c3po gets reprogrammed into a bounty hunting droid and he walks around with like three or four blasters like ig88 does i see okay it's it's fun but kind of dumb (laughs) i'm gonna file that under the what if verse kind of yeah (laughs) definitely i mean it's definitely not canon you know what i mean yeah if we're tracking what exists still, I don't know. Andy, did you, uh, I have to ask, did you think you were safe when they wiped out all the stormtroopers right before that bolt comes down out of the sky? I enjoyed that bolt more than everyone <laughs> in the world because on carbon scoring, I predicted before this season started that the Razor Crest would not make it. Right. And I felt cheated. After they crashed on that ice planet and that ship somehow magically had its glass repaired and then they flew off in it. And then I had to watch that janky ship fly around for two episodes and think I made this prediction and Favreau's just throwing it in my face now. And the bolt blows up the razor crest, which I thought was a really it was a nice touch. Uh, If you listen to the carbon scoring, Lauren talks about um the motif of a hor of a it, I mean a western the the cowboy losing his horse right mm-hmm. um and it's very much the same in this instance I I don't know about you guys but I physically popped up in my chair and shouted yes when Slave One hit the screen yeah that was a great moment I was great I, I did not jump out of my chair and I was like oh okay this they are doing this I guess. I was just excited that they didn't bring him down in some other ship where I would have to say, yeah, slave two actually exists. It was in a book and it has a shape. And if you look on Wikipedia, this is slave two. And you know, like that wasn't the moment they really just slapped down slave one. And they're like, okay, look, it's Boba Fett. It was good. In my opinion. Yeah, there you go. Mando talk. All right. Processor questions, food debate. If you think we were wrong to pick corn, which I think you're going to have a very hard time since it was unanimous. Uh, but I mean, maybe there's stuff we didn't think about, you know? Yeah. Could be. Sure. Yeah, let us know what we okay. missed. I I have to say, I've already pre-ordered Christmas uh, tamales, so... Love a good Christmas tamale. So clearly I'm not on board just getting rid of corn and willy-nilly over here. JJ? You can send those to uh, all those questions uh, to podcast at weweregamers.com. You can also check us out on social media. We're on at weweregamers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and probably other social medias that we need to pay more attention to. I forget about whatever. We're not doing a TikTok, and if we do, I'm not doing it. Somebody else has to do it. Not doing a TikTok. All right. Uh, we <laughs> are out there. So check us out on all those platforms. Hey, we're on YouTube. Uh, if you would subscribe there, that would really help us out, please. And I know you're skipping past this part. So, hey, <laughs> go subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, Maybe I'm should... hip to your, your plans oh, there. Oh, man. We should, we should open the podcast. With I was literally just about to say them. that. This is now the time we have decided here right now to open the podcast with this. And the thing you have to do... That I've noticed this because my podcast app has a 30 second button. You got to make it like 24 seconds so that they feel like they missed something if they skip ahead. Or you got to back. 
Or you got to make it like 36 seconds and make the really important thing be the last six. Yeah. All so I'm the picturing now is the, the Simpsons newspaper with the old man yells at cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. We don't do this for money. Cause we'd be really, if you want to give us money to do this though. You can also send that email to <laughs> podcast at weavergamers.com. We're not above we'll, it. I'm just saying we'll happily have that conversation. I would like to point out that multiple times on this, we have suggested things and we have never been paid to do it. And it's somewhat of a point of pride, although I'm not above being paid to do it. Exactly. We're not saying we wouldn't. We're just saying we currently aren't. Yeah. I'm also not above being paid to do say something and then saying it's bad. I don't really care if we get put on a blacklist. Yeah. It's a, darn. They, we go back to being a standard consumer like we were before and are now <laughs> alright duders we are out good stuff nice job guys uh, yeah it's what two more episodes now or one more Two, uh, more. two more. And you I'm, know what's funny? I'm, I'm in agreement with Lauren. I think it's going to be a two-parter. I agree. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It's 100%. it's already set up to be a two-parter at this point. And what's funny about that is uh, JJ. I forgot to mention it, but I brought up Tim Rogers on that podcast, so you should listen to it. Uh, well, look, man, I was going to listen to it anyway. So now, now you got me peaked. I don't know. Did uh, that part fit as far as you were uh, paying attention there, Michael? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it fit well. Yeah, it just felt like we were on the precipice of talking about like the deeper filmmaking that existed there, and I didn't know if we wanted to go that way or not. I can't tell if we just rambled and it wasn't any good, or if it was good. I I don't know. No, I enjoyed it. Okay. Can never tell. Because at a certain point, you feel like you've just talked yourself around in circles, and unless you're going to go to another level on it, you're kind of done, and then then you wonder at the end, did we actually say anything? I don't know if we said anything. Yeah. That I anybody liked, else I liked the, the horse parallel. Yeah, it was good. He came up with that. He's a writer too, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the name of the emulator that I've used. Oh, yeah, I saw it. GBA, Your other though, option huh? would be, yeah, they updated it to run DS. I see. Your other option would also be... Um, to actually, uh, there are ways to put games onto a cart and then actually run it off a of DS. Say that again? You can put games back onto a cart oh. rather than emulating them and then just play them with the hardware. Yeah, you can do that. How do you do that? Uh, I've never really looked into it, but I know that instructions on how to do it exist. Oh, okay. I would rather do that and play it on the hardware. Yeah. Yeah, look look into it and you can you can find directions pretty easily from what I remember. Okay. Cool. I'll do that. Yeah, cuz anytime I have the opportunity to play something on the hardware, I will. That's why I bought that analog thing that's going to play like you know, a ton of different games. Right. Cuz the idea of playing it on the handheld system is still better. But yeah, the way it was intended. Well, you know, then you start to sound like those people that are like, my movie should only be in a theater. And it's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying is that a theater is better for sound and video quality and all these things. But first of all, you don't control every theater. And I've been to plenty of them where the sound is imbalanced and you have to spend 10 minutes in the movie being like, this really sounds like, and then you go out to the front and you're like, Hey, it really sounds like and now I've missed another five minutes of the movie. And then I go back in and wait another 10 minutes for them to fix the sound. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that yeah, type of thing is is privileged better. people who go to expensive movie theaters that never screw up or make you watch on IMAX or whatever. You know, they don't think about the everyday theater where it doesn't actually sound as good as you think it sounds, man. Uh, yeah. And then say hey, you can't watch it on a on an iPad. You just can't make my movie on an iPad versus saying like, well, you should play it on the hardware. I'm like, no, I just enjoy it on a hardware. I enjoy going to a movie theater. But it doesn't mean that I think it's better. Sure. It is not the only way to do it. I think that it is a more fun experience to have seen certain things on IMAX. 
I would watch every movie on IMAX if I owned an IMAX. Well, yeah. But it doesn't mean it's the only way to watch a movie. (laughs) If you've made something good, I'll appreciate it no matter how it sounds or looks. Yeah, for sure. In terms of its uh, presentation to me, 